Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey and it is awesome to be with you here this morning. If you'd like to hear more of this preaching podcast, you can check it out on soundcloud.com or on iTunes. We're going to pray and then we're going to get right into the Word of God. God, I thank you for your everlasting love for your people. God, you have loved the human race from the beginning of time, and you promise that you will love us forever. God, we stand on a rock that doesn't move. We stand on you. We stand on these promises that, God, you care so abundantly for us. You care so much more than we could even imagine. God, I thank you for your focused love on each one of us. God, I thank you that your attention zeroes in on us, and that, God, you have time for us, and that you care so deeply about us. God, I pray that our relationship with you would grow and grow and deepen and mature. God, I pray that we would recognize who you are in our lives. God, I pray that all of our attention would be turned towards you, that our eyes would be fixed on you. Our eyes would be fixed on heaven. God, help us to fix our thoughts on you. Jesus, I thank you that you are here to speak to us today, and I pray that, Lord, our ears and our hearts would be open to you. Speak to us through your word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to be in Ephesians today, chapter 3. Uh, last week we talked about the first portion of uh, Ephesians 3, and we're going to zero in today um, in Ephesians 14 through about 20. But first I want to talk a little bit about my dad. My dad has always been there as a stable person in my life. He's always been there as someone who has provided for our family. He's always uh, been a really good dad. But something funny happened in the last few years with my dad. My dad used to answer the phone when I would call the house and say, hey, how are you? It's good to hear from you. We would talk a little bit. And then he would say, here's mom. Because he knew that I was really calling to talk to mom because mom would go through every detail of situations in life with me. But something funny happened in the last few years. I would call the house and instead of my dad being quick to hand off the phone, he all of a sudden had time to listen to all of it, to everything that I ever even wanted to say or didn't even know I wanted to say. See, my dad retired from his job, and when he retired, all of a sudden he had more time and he wasn't rushed. He wasn't uh, filled with other things on his mind. He had time to give me complete attention. This has been glorious because um, it just has deepened the relationship that my dad and I have, the friendship that we have. And there's another thing that's happened with my dad since he's retired. He not only doesn't forget things, he anti-forgets things. And what I mean by that is he remembers and remembers and remembers. Like we were planning a surprise for my mom for her birthday. And not only did he remember every detail, but the days leading up to it, he called me every day to remind me of the details and to go over the plan and to go over how the surprise was going to happen. And the cool part about that is um, he was invested in the situation. He didn't have a hundred other tabs in his mind open. He didn't have a hundred other things he was thinking on and planning on. He was focused in and he was able to give complete attention to this. So he kept bringing it to the forefront of my mind. He kept calling to remind me and to talk about talk about details where I might have forgotten or I might have gotten busy or distracted. And this just really is a picture of how some of us view God. Some of us view God as a dad, a father in heaven who's very busy, who will pay attention to us if he can, but he's got so much else going on that, you know, we go to him and we have a, 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 a relationship with him. But 
I really believe that God is more like my dad, the retired version of my dad, who has time, who has a desire to focus in on the details of our lives. Could you picture right now God in heaven, caring deeply for you, calling you to go over the details of what you've talked about, remembering um, everything that he set out before you, that he cares, he's not rushed, he's not handing you off to someone else, he's not hoping that you just take care of it on your own, and if you need him, you come to him. No, he's like that retired dad who's calling every day to find out how you're doing and how this worked out or that situation, and he remembers what you're going through. Imagine your God in heaven to be like that dad. See, God has such an awesome plan for us. His plan is that we wouldn't walk this journey alone. His plan is that we wouldn't walk this journey alone. It wouldn't be that we would just gird up enough strength to be able to power through, to muscle through, to get through on our own. But his plan is that we would be in community. We would first be in community with him, and then we would be in community with our church. There's a saying that goes, if you want to run fast, you run alone. But if you want to run far, you run together. If you want to run fast, you run alone. But if you want to run far, you run together. And I believe that God's plan for the body of Christ, for the believer, is to run together. Together first with Him and together as a body of believers. If we run alone, we face many risks. If we run alone, we'll end up somewhere alone. But if we run together, we are like iron that sharpens iron. We help each other out in good times and in bad and back and forth. We have this sense of community with each other and then also with God. Could you imagine running this race, running this Christian race, walking this journey of faith without God? Could you imagine walking it without other believers? The design was never for us to be alone. And God's inclusive plan in Ephesians is laid out that it wasn't just for a certain group of people, but God's plan was for all people. God so loved the whole world that he gave his son. And the heading here in Ephesians chapter 3 is God's marvelous plan. And his marvelous plan is inclusive for all people to come to know him, for all people to be in community together. We're going to take a look here at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus, saying God's marvelous plan is for all the believers to be able to have access to God, that every single person on the face of the planet has the ability and access to God the Father, the God that, that pays attention, the God that has time, the God that is concerned, the God that is uh, invested in who you are, who is not rushed. We all have access to that God. And he says, for that reason, I'm praying to God. Because all of us are under one family. All of us in heaven and on earth are of one family. We all come from God. I want you to think about every person in your workplace. They are all from God. Think about every person in your school. Think about every person in your church, in your community, in your neighborhood. They are all one family from God. Everyone has come from God. 
They're all his idea, designed by him, formed in their mother's womb on purpose and for a purpose. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family derives its name. Every family, every person, every human derives its name from God. There's not one of us who can say, I have a different father. We all have the same father and it's God. Consider this for a minute. There's not one person outside the realm of God. We all have a father. There's no one here that's an orphan. We all have a father and we all have access to him. We all have access to him, not while he's busy and while he's trying to deal with everybody else and when he has time. We have access to a father who cares. We have an access to a father who's paying attention to us. And Paul grasps this, this idea in the next few verses here. He says, for this reason, I kneel before this, this, my father, your father, our father, And I pray, this is verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, catch that word strengthen, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's powerful. That prayer is is deep and powerful. There are words in there like strength and filled and grasp, hold on to. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we remember who our Father is, we remember, we know His promises. And there's a part in here that says that He wants this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all God, the fullness of God. That it goes from just a head knowledge to a heart knowledge that we are filled with strength that we grasp, that we hold on to. It's like we're standing on a rock that does not move. We are standing on something that does not change like shifting shadows. It doesn't change with circumstances. It is truth that God is our Father. He pays attention to us. He cares for us, and He wants to fill us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants us to have something to hold on to. Strengthen our inner being. There are verses in the Bible that go on and on about this. It says, uh, do not be anxious for anything, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. In Philippians 4, 6, and in Isaiah 26, uh, 3, it says, you will be kept in perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And you think about uh, the super classic verse, Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. We stand like a rock on these promises. God is our father. He has time and attention to give us. He wants to remind us of the things that have gone on and the things that he's told us. And together with all God's people in community, he wants us to be aware of how great and deep his love is. But so many of us are not walking in that truth. We are not standing on a rock. We are wavering back and forth between truth and untruth. The opposite of those words of strength and filled and holding on to are these. It's weakness, emptiness, feeling like everything's slipping out of our grasp. 
And many of us have become slaves to these things. How is it you can be a slave to these things? Well, because we don't know when they're going to attack us. We have a slavery to worry or anxiety. It attacks us and we can't control it. Or a slavery to the things of this world because we don't know what the world is going to throw at us and so we are at the mercy of circumstances. Or we're at the mercy of other people's opinions of us. We're at the, uh, the mercy of if people care about us, then we're joyful. Or if people think highly of us, then we're okay. Those are all things we can't control. But God says, I am your father. God says, I have time for you. I want to remind you today of some things. I want to remind you of God's marvelous plan. I want to remind you that you have a choice of where to fix your eyes. Because when we stand in weakness, when we stand in anxiety, it's because we've taken our eyes off the truth. We've stepped off the rock that does not move. And we think for a minute that we can control our own circumstances. We think for a minute that we are little mini-gods and that we can direct our own path, that we can take things into our own hands, that God would rather that we just handle it and come to him if we need him. We can't be slaves to worry. We can't be slaves to the world. We can't be slaves to other people's opinions. We have to set our feet on a rock that does not move. He is your father. He is your father. He's not just my father. He's not more my father than he is yours. You're not a secondary child. You're not an extra child. You're not a uh, child that's just forgotten or left over. You are a child of God. He is your father who cares. He is your father who listens. Paul says, for this reason, because he is our father, because he has a marvelous plan for you, he can pray this prayer that God would pour out his glorious riches on you. He prays that you'll be filled because he's your father and he can fill you and he will fill you if you spend time in his presence. He wants to strengthen you in your inner being, but you have a choice to be a slave or to be free. And it all comes down to what we fix our thoughts on. It all comes down to where we fix our mind, to what we believe. Do we believe that God really is our father, personally our father? Are we really in communion with God? Is God your father today? Stop and ask yourself that question. Is God my father? And if he is your father, then you stand on a rock that does not move, that no matter what comes against you, nothing changes. No matter what people's opinions are of you, nothing changes. You are still a child of God. No matter what circumstances come on in life, nothing changes. You are a child of God. No matter what worry comes at you or things come in in your line of sight, it doesn't matter because you are a child of God. And we go back to Isaiah 26, and I mentioned this before. It says in verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are 
steadfast because they trust you. Verse four says, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. God has control over every nation, every tribe, every tongue. He has control over every bit of finances. He has control over everything. And he always has, and he always will. We stand in the protection of the king of the universe. We stand in protection. We stand in confidence that he is our father. Today, ask yourself, is God my father? If God is your father, then we can trust in him. If God is your father, then we don't have to be afraid. If God is our father, then we stand on a rock that does not move, that is eternal. If God is our father, then we are no longer slaves to things of this world. We are free. What does that mean? That means when I stand or sit in the presence of God, and when I focus my mind on him, when I fix my thoughts on him, he will bring me into perfect peace. The Bible says he is the prince of peace. He brings us peace that passes worldly understanding. You see, I can never find true peace in a carton of ice cream. I can never find true peace in a resort. I can never find true peace on a vacation island. I can never find true peace in a great book or in a video game or in a movie. True peace cannot be manufactured. It is supernatural. True peace is not of this world. True peace is found in God alone. And if we want the peace that passes worldly understanding, we need to be in the presence of God. We need to stand on a rock that doesn't move. And many of us, we know in our heads the knowledge of God. We believe in God in our heads and our mind. And we have that knowledge to know God is my father. I stand on a rock that doesn't move. Now, here's the thing. Being in the presence of God means to quiet out the voices of the world. It means to quiet out everything else that's going on and to find a place to be in communion with God. For many of us, that may look like turning on some worship music and, and walking and praying around your house. It may be a quiet place in your bedroom where you close everything out and you just begin to focus on God, to meditate, to think on the promises of God, to think on who God is, to begin to open up dialogue and communication with a God who speaks to us. And when we get into the presence of God, when we turn our attention heavenward, where we remember who God is as our father, and we remember the promises that we have, everything else fades away. And then there's supernatural peace. We cannot buy this peace. We cannot conjure up this peace on our own. We cannot buy this peace, but it's free. It's a gift of God. When we get into his presence, the knowledge goes from our head to our heart. And we know that no matter what circumstances we face, we have a father in heaven who fights our battles, who goes before us, who is always with us. And there's supernatural peace. And then as a child of God, I come out of that prayer room. I come out of that time of worship. I come out of that time of peace. And everything in my day is different. You know, I have a, a book and every day I read over these declarations of, over my life. And one of them says, God, this day belongs to you. So whatever happens, I trust you with it. That takes me out of, out, of, out of the control, out of my hands. God, whatever you have for me this day, I trust you with it. That means that God has a plan for your day today. You may have planned your, your day to go one way, 
You may run fast in one direction, but God, your father, you are in community with him. You don't run alone. He may turn you to go a whole different way. And you may not get there faster, but you'll go further with Jesus if you listen to him. If you run alone, if you go your own course, it is riddled with worry and anxiety. When we have worry and anxiety, it's because we've taken our eyes off of the Prince of Peace. We've taken our eyes off of our Father. We've stepped off of the rock that does not move. But when we focus our attention, when we start to feel that worry creep in, we better get back on the rock. We better get back on the truth. We better get back in the presence of God. And when anxiety starts to strike, you have power over it in Jesus. And that's to close your eyes and to fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he promises that we will have peace that passes worldly understanding. And when our thoughts are fixed on him, like it says in Isaiah, to fix your thoughts on God, we recognize and we realize that he has power over everything in this entire universe. That he is working things out for our good and we can trust him him. I can't trust myself, but in community with God, I am safe. In the presence of God, I am safe. Standing on a rock that does not move, I am safe. That no matter what wave comes up against me, no matter what storm crouches at my door, I am safe. I am a daughter of the King. Now, the second way to be in community is with a body of believers And in Ephesians, it says, together with all the believers, may you begin to grasp how deep God's love is for you. See, we can't grasp it on our own. It's so big that we get to see it. God has given us a gift to see it in other people's lives. That as we do life together with other people, that we come in contact with other people, we spend time with other people, we get connected with other people, we begin to grasp how deep the love of Christ is, how wide, how long, how high, See, on our own, we could run fast, but together we run farther. Together we get a bigger picture of who God is, and I get to see God at work in the life of my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, today in America, we are so lonely. As much as we have communication and we have uh, different venues to, to text each other and be in communication with each other, many people tell me, I'm lonely. The biggest thing I face is I'm lonely. God's design was that you would have him as a father, that he would be your father in heaven and your, your peace in your heart, but also he designed it so that you would have community in a church body so that you would not walk this faith journey alone. That in other people we could see faith being walked out and played out and so that when we are low, they will lift us up. And when we're seeing someone else as low, we have the opportunity to lift them up. That together we'll go different places than we could go alone. The body of Christ is designed on purpose. So we could see how big God really is. Today, the question is, is God your father? And if he is is your father, then you have to recognize that he has time and attention to lavish right on your life. And if you'll spend time with him, he'll speak to you. He designed for you to be in community with him. We are not tossed back and forth like a wave. We're not tossed back and forth by circumstances and situations in our lives. Anxiety doesn't rule us. God rules us. Weakness doesn't rule us. When things happen in our lives, we can walk through it because God walks through it with us. We're not empty. We're not out of control. 
We are all those things when we step out of the presence of God, but when we step into the presence of God, he wants to strengthen our inner being. He wants to fill us up. He wants us to grasp and hold on to the truth of who he is. And then we're no longer a slave to fear and anxiety. We're no longer a slave to the circumstances of the world. We're no longer a slave to others' opinion. But no, we are steadfast in Jesus. The thing that controls my thoughts is Jesus. And so when we are facing things that we know are coming at us, we have to fix our eyes on God. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on the fact that we have a Father who cares and who listens, that none of this is unseen. We can't manufacture our own peace. It's only found in the presence of God. We're not meant to barrel through this life and try to make it. And if we just slip up a little bit, we'll call God and he'll help us out. No, we're supposed to be in constant communion with God. We're supposed to be in constant communion with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're supposed to run this race together. And we're safe in the presence of God. There's supernatural peace in the presence of God. But when we step out of that, when we try to do it on our own, when we try to go it on our own, we might get far, but we're not going to be filled with the peace of God. That's not his design. In Ephesians, his design is for the body of believers, God's marvelous plan for all believers to come together. I'm going to read again in Ephesians 3.14. Paul is praying, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's community with God, and secondly, community with people. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide, long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then this verse in Psalm 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproars and kingdoms fall, but he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So many times we hear that, be still and know that I am God. And that comes out of saying that God is in control of every nation. He's in control of every war and every uprising. And he says that he is that rock that doesn't move. He reminds us again who he is. And, he, and my question again to you, is God your father? If God is your father, remember who he is. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to walk before you, to go with you, to come after you. He is everything we need. He is so much more powerful than we could even imagine. And his peace is not a peace that could ever be conjured up on this earth. It's supernatural. And it comes from being in the presence of God. So today, 
If you're facing anxiety, fix your eyes on Jesus. If you're facing worry, fix your eyes on Jesus. Begin your thoughts to shift from yourself and remember, I am a child of God. I stand on a rock that does not move. If circumstances are coming at you, remember that God can start wars and stop them. He can change nations and that's the God that walks with you. If you're facing other people's opinions of you, remember whose you are. You are a child of the King. All those things shouldn't shift us and move us and toss us back and forth. We stand on a rock that does not move. And we are children of a father who cares deeply about every detail of our lives, who will call and remind and remind and remind you of the plan and the purposes that he has for you. But we need to be in community with him. We need to be in his presence and we need to be in community with other people who are believers. Because only then, when we're com- community with other believers, can we begin to comprehend and grasp how deep his love is for us. We can be reminded of who he is. We can see what he's doing in other people. We can get a bigger picture of this great, great God. Today, God is your father. Every day, God is your father. He is a rock that does not move. All things are in his control. So be in community with him. Spend time in his presence. Spend time in the presence of other people who are believers. Fix your eyes and your thoughts, every thought held captive. Uh, Peter says to take, take your thoughts and you make them obey God. You take your thoughts and you say, I'm going to fix my thoughts on God. I will be anxious for nothing, but through all things with prayer and, and supplication, with thanksgiving, I will make my request known to God. I know he cares. I know he's listening. I know he is concerned about every detail of my life and I know he will talk to me. God talks to us in three ways. He talks to us right through his word. When we open up the Bible, he can speak so clearly to us. He talks to us directly where we hear a voice in our mind that we know that we know that it's God. And the third way is he talks through other people. He confirms the things that he said through other people. God speaks today. God wants to remind you that he is a rock that doesn't move. Come into his presence and find peace that can't be bought in this world. Peace that passes understanding. Supernatural peace is found on a rock that does not move. And that rock is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are our peace. You are Jehovah Shalom. That means God, our peace. And today we rest in your peace. No matter what's going on in politics, no matter what's going on in our job, no matter what's going on in our church, in our families, in our workplace, in our schools, in your presence, God, there's peace. You are the Prince of Peace. And so God, we choose today to spend time to zero in on who you are. We choose to find our prayer closet, to find our place to be quiet before you and to listen. God, what would you say to me today? No matter what happens this day, God, I give it to you. If I think I'm going to run one way fast, God, I pray that you bring me back and you remind me that I'm not in this faith journey alone, that I'm in it with you. I'm in it with other people. God, I know I can go further if I would listen to you. God, I know I can go further if I listen to the community of believers you have placed me in. God, I pray for perfect peace. Let me fix my eyes on you today and my thoughts on you today. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for allowing us into your presence. Thank you for being a father. Thank you for being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God, our lives belong to you and we love you. Amen.